0: This is Becca and Milhaven just talking. I'm Tom Becca.
1: And I'm McGraw Milhaven, and I'm eating popcorn.
0: <laughs> like, there may not be a worse food to eat while trying to broadcast than popcorn. Why is that? Oh, because it, it, it gets caught in your throat and stuff, and it just. You know, you'll spit it out while you're talking.
1: I'm a professional. I can eat popcorn and do a world-class podcast.
0: If you were a professional, you wouldn't be eating while you're broadcasting.
1: No, That's a good point, too.
0: <laughs> oh, So uh, you are a, a homeowner now, huh? You, you bought a house?
1: So I closed on a house. I'm doing the two-step. Uh, buying a house today is not for the meek. I sold my house in May, moved into a rental hopefully the rental people aren't listening to this podcast because I haven't told them yet that I have to break the lease. And um, I uh, put an offer in on a house over the weekend and it was accepted.
0: Okay. So you haven't closed on the house yet, but they've accepted it and now you're doing all the, all the fun due diligence bullshit you got to do to get through with all this stuff. So all the paperwork, yeah, all the paperwork and stuff like that. Well, well, good. You know, here's the thing about real estate in that I just saw, I just saw a, um, uh, an article where some guy is predicting that uh, prices are going to crash and that I don't think they are. I think there's still a shortage of houses. And I, even though mortgage rates have gone up from where they were, they are still historically low. They're still historically low. I mean, you talk to anybody that bought their first house, like in the eighties or the nineties, and you know, they were paying upwards of like, you know, 10% uh, mortgage, uh, if not higher. So, you know, at what the mortgage rates where they are right now, they're, uh, they're pretty reasonable, uh, historically speaking, although not as reasonable as they were maybe even just six, eight months ago.
1: Well, uh, interest rates are going up because the Fed's about to jack up the interest rates. And I know it's not a one-to-one ratio, but they're going up. My house had seven offers on it. So, you know, I think some houses, some houses will not. I mean, it's a weird it's a weird time, but there's just, in St. Louis, there's just not a lot of houses on the market. Um, and I think part, yeah, part of the problem is somebody might want to move, but you don't know where to move to. So, and, and nobody wants to go and move to a rent, you know, and live in an apartment for six months while they try and find a house. But one of the things that made my offer so attractive was, um, you know, I didn't have to, um, you know, I didn't have to, you know, put a contingent on selling my house. So kind of a the other thing too is you know you're old when I first bought a house I figured first house I bought in and I tried to figure out how far it was from the Dundee Dell now I'm buying a house and I'm trying to figure out how far it is from the fine middle school up the street <laughs> Boy, uh, the who
0: are you I used to know you who are you what the, tell
1: me about the schools in this neighborhood I never thought I'd ask that question either
0: you think you know someone boy you think you know someone i know well, hey you know you're, you're being a single dad and everything How is ever said by the way
1: oh my goodness oh tomorrow or uh thursday is her second birthday mm-hmm. so i'm um, at the store you'll appreciate this i think i'm racist what yeah i think i'm racist <laughs> so i I, first of all, first to this of
0: all, I now i can understand somebody thinking that somebody else is racist but if you are, shouldn't you know that? And why would you admit that if you are?
1: Well, I'm going to tell you why I think I'm racist. Okay. Because, because the first step to solving the problem is admitting you have a problem. So it's her second birthday. Mm-hmm. And so I know she's not going to remember what her daddy gets her for her second birthday. Right. And right. she's not going to remember, you know, blowing out the candles on a cake or anything. But I wanted to get her a couple of things. So I got her. Uh, I got her a present and then I was in Target yesterday and I wanted to get her something else. So I went into the um, toy department in Target. And I don't know if you've been in the toy department in Target or I don't know if you're allowed to be, I don't know if the court order still stands that you're not allowed to be in the toy department in Target. Very <laughs> <You're> pathetic. <laughs> but but um, so they have a lot of crap, right? They have a lot of junk for toys. So, I wanted to get her like a learning toy, like learning how to read or write or play the piano or something. And all of a sudden, I come across the section of Barbies. And I don't know if you've seen Barbie anytime in the last number of years, but the Barbie world has changed. You can get a um, paramedic Barbie, you can get a doctor Barbie, you can get a firefighter Barbie, you can get all these, you know, not just. The slinky blonde, you know, bathing suit Barbie. Okay. So I said, oh, maybe I'll get her like a Barbie who's a doctor. Okay. And I went and they only had black Barbies that were doctors. Right? Okay. And I didn't buy it because the Barbie was black.
0: That doesn't make you a racist. It doesn't. No, no. Oh. I mean, if you if you went to the doctor and the doctor was black and you refused to go to the doctor, then you might be a racist. But because you, you want to buy a Barbie doll that, uh, you know, is the, is the color of your daughter's skin. I don't see that. as right. a racist.
1: Yeah, I, I, I didn't buy the black Barbie because I wanted her. I wanted her to, you know, implant into her psyche that, that maybe someday you could grow up to be a doctor but I didn't want to get a black Barbie because I didn't know if she would identify
0: with a black Barbie. Someday you could grow up and be black. Well, I mean, you know, you know, sort of, sort of like, the reason they even have black Barbies in the first place is because it became to people's attention that, you know, young African-American girls, could not relate to the blonde Barbies. Right so, so that, right. so that doesn't make you a racist. That doesn't make you a bad person. That makes uh, you a dad that says, okay, here we go. Now, on the other hand, you know, if, if, uh, if uh, what what what's Barbies like? Is Skipper, is that, is that Barbie's best friend's name or something?
1: I didn't, I didn't get into it. I thought it was,
0: um, I thought it was. Uh, My sister had those things. I'm trying to remember what they were. Was, I uh, thought hey.
1: it was Austin or Cheyenne might've been her.
0: Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> Shaihan is Barbie's friend stripper's name. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but I just thought it was, it, was, it was a really interesting sort of thought process in my head that, you know, when they say, you know, I wanted a Barbie to look like my daughter, uh, it actually made sense to me. But in this instance, it was reverse. It was the white guy or the white person saying, I wanted a Barbie to look like my daughter.
0: And you wanted, well... <laughs> Since you're since you're since you're the father, there's no way you're gonna find a Barbie that your daughter looks like.
1: <laughs> really, that's why they yeah. don't allow you in the yeah. park I'm twice. sorry, I'm anymore. sorry.
0: I don't mean to. I don't mean to cast this, you know, the disparaging words about your lovely young two-year-old daughter. But no, nah, if she looks anything like you growing up, uh, yeah, they're gonna be Barbie.
1: So I got her. A, I got her. a I got her a leap book that you know, hit the button. It tells you what it is. So. It was cheaper too. So, uh, what do you mean,
0: a leaf? What, what?
1: leap? Uh, I think it's the leap. I think it's called leap. It's it's like an educational book where it's a book and electronic where you hit the button and it says, you know, giraffe, tiger, oh, dog, cat. You know, All
0: right, Not well, cool. And then you, you, I mean, she's had she's only two. She got plenty of years for Barbie. She's still got she got another five, six, seven years for Barbie. No, no, I, I get
1: it, but I, I was I just found myself. It was a. It was a weird thought process that I'd never gone through before, you know, do I, do I, do I want to buy a back black Barbie for my daughter?
0: Well, actually, though, it was a good thing that you said, you know, look, I want to buy maybe like a Dr. Barbie for my daughter, as opposed to, you know, oh, no, there's no way that, you know, my daughter can do something like that, you know? Um, well,
1: right. That was, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, when you're buying toys today, you know, you're not buying, you know, a plastic machine gun like like they gave us, which didn't make any sense.
0: I mean, really, you think about it. There's just too much work into this, right? Um, you know, hey, for your daughter's birthday, I'm going to buy her drums.
1: No, you, again, you're not allowed. You're, you have that court order. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to go to the
0: toy store. I, I go to the music store. Though. I'll buy a real drum. <laughs> They're louder. They're louder. So,
1: uh, I, you know, I, but I mean, you're right, though. It's, it's just, it's. I either want to get her something that I played with as a kid, um, you know, like Lincoln Logs or something, and or some type of educational toy. So it's it's not easy buying a toy for a 2 year I, th-
0: I think I think you know there's there's room for both. You know, I think there's room for both. I I, I do think. I mean, I do think you got to buy him a toy, buy her a toy that you know that you can play with that you have fond memories of. It's like, oh, I had this, you'll like it too. You know.
1: Yeah, um, there is a um. My they were cleaning out my mother's house, and they uh, they found oddly enough an old. Listen to this. You like this. It was an old plastic toy radio that I used everywhere, and you you wind it up and it plays songs.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I know, like a Fisher Price thing.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I had one of
0: those, and,
1: she, and I played with that thing morning, noon, and night. It was like a toy radio, and so they gave it to her, and she drags it around all over the place. Daddy on radio, Daddy on the radio.
0: You, you know. Do you find it weird when you look back and you see that even at a young age you might have been heading in this direction of your career? Because I look back, I look back on myself, and when I was a little kid, I used to watch Rex Humbard. Rex Humbard was a preacher. He was an old, he was an old televangelist preacher. I used to watch him, and I'd be fascinated by him. Now, not because if he was preaching the Word of God, but just the way that his delivery and the way that he did it. And when I when I went to mass as a kid. I, I thought about becoming a priest as a little kid. Why? Because got up on there, got up on the pulpit, and you told people what to think. What I end up doing <laughs> my whole life now? Talk radio and, uh, you know, and podcasting and uh, a TV commentary, you know? But is, I, if, yeah. you know, as a young kid, that's what I want. Looking back, that's what I wanted to do.
1: There was a guy on, uh, in New York, there was a guy on Channel 11 who used to do, and I didn't know this at the time. I mean, now, years later, I realize it he was doing editorials and the like channel 11 was a local independent TV station in uh, New York and he would get on there and he would read an editorial. Now I had absolutely no idea what the guy was talking about, but I loved the way he smacked his lips together when he talked. And I remember being fascinated by the way the guy smacked his lips. Um, just a, <laughs> what a world. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know it's just, it is strange like that. Strange like that so. Um, uh, before I get in maybe any sort of things of substantive value here, you know, some some real news. Oh, by the way, uh, you are. But this is news. You're um, in St. Louis. What what's what's the deal with all this flooding? I'm hearing on the news about all this flooding. What's going on?
1: Um, well, there's a lot of flooding going on.
0: <laughs> Thanks.
1: Uh, uh, so so for, for
0: more insight, but that's okay.
1: uh, it. It started raining at two o'clock last night in just buckets and it rained buckets till like maybe 10 o'clock this morning um and it's flooded in places that have never flooded before in fact highway 70 interstate 70 was shut down in the number of places because it was just flooded wow. i mean you know you can see where a uh, creek rises and a couple of houses are flooded in the basement but when an interstate is flooded, that's amazing. Um, matter of fact, I was talking to my insurance agent just to, before we came on, and um, he was got he got a, he got tons of phone calls from people. My my uh, my basement's got four feet of water. I need to make a claim, and he had the fun duty of saying that's a flood. And you're not covered for you don't have flood insurance i'm sorry right think about that for a second insurance doesn't cover a flood
0: oh wow yeah and of course they weren't living on a flood plan they didn't think of anything of it this is the whole there's the whole climate change thing the people are still trying to deny that we got you know some serious climate change problems and what gets me about this and nobody can convince me otherwise Okay, so maybe this is all part of God's plan. Maybe this is all just natural and it's not man-made and there's nothing we can do about it, okay? That may be the case. But what if it is partly man-made and, part, and we're partly to blame? What's the harm in trying to stop that? What's the harm of trying to eliminate or at least greatly reduce the CO2 gases? What's the harm in trying to you know, fix our environmental problems? I don't see any downside to that.
1: Well, I think that this is where the R- R- Republican Party really falls down for me uh, because they, they're, they're not they don't have a seat at the table. Right. So they're not looking at conservative ways to solve some of these problems. Right. The carbon offsets where companies would buy somebody else's you know carbon offsets were that was a Republican idea that gained a lot of um gained a lot of popularity Um, but you know somebody deemed it you know liberal and all of a sudden you know um, so there are conservatives need to be at the table so that we do things that don't destroy businesses um, but yet they're they're nowhere to be found so they would rather talk about critical race theory and masks than actually try and solve some of the bigger problems because well whether 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 it's happening or not right whether it's it's man-made or not something clearly is going on
0: yes yeah and and if it's not man-made there's nothing we can do to stop it and if it is man-made and we don't do anything to stop it then we're we're fools and and you talk about the republicans look the environmental protection agency was established under richard nixon okay i mean you look at the it's 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 like yeah i know well
1: here 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 in st louis we've had a number of 500 year floods over the last five or six years and um regardless of why in St. Louis, we have two major rivers, the Mississippi and the uh, Missouri. We keep building in floodplains. We keep giving corporations tax money, tiffs to build in floodplains. So when you raise water out of a floodplain to build a Walmart or a Home Depot or whatever, that water when it comes has to go somewhere else. So it floods the guy down the stream who never flooded before. Meanwhile, we just gave a guy a whole bunch of tax dollars to build in a floodplain to flood
0: your house down the river. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, just common sense would tell you that with all the development that we've done here, the steel buildings, the highways, the, the sidewalks, all the concrete out there, it just by name, that's going to warm things up. You know, forget about forget, forget about coal and the you know gases and stuff like that. Just all of the steel that we're putting out there and, and the and the concrete and all that, that's gonna, you know, the trees we're cutting down to build developments, that's gonna heat things up. Just common sense.
1: You mean uh, tear down a tree? What do they say? Pave, pave paradise? Well, we did? Parking we paved... Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's um it's uh it's a strange deal, and I don't know why we keep you know, building up levees, you know, when Lewis and Clark went up the Missouri River, it was wide and it was shallow, right? Now it's narrow and deep and the waters come rushing down, which is why you have flash flooding, which is why you how now have, you know, places that have never flooded before flooding all the time. And you got, you know, Water coming up in people's basements, not having flood insurance, and then calling the insurance guy and the insurance guy saying, sorry, you don't have flood insurance.
0: Yeah, well, Lewis and Clark, uh, the Missouri River and the uh, Mississippi River may have been shallow and deep, but quite honestly, it wasn't really, really very navigable. So I'll take a navigable river, but we need to manage things a little bit better.
1: Well, that's what I'm talking about. You need to have people at the table who are making common sense decisions, not just blind tax policy that... <clears throat> you know, incentivizes people to flood other people's homes. It doesn't make any
0: sense. Well, That's what gets me so much about the current political state right now. And the Democrats are to blame just as well. Uh, you know, nobody really wants to try to solve problems, you know, because if they try to solve problems, that can be used against them in a reelection campaign. So we can't really say that you know, all we have to do is bad mouth the other guy. You well, know, badmouth the other side. Oh, oh, well, they want to do this. I mean, look, Obamacare was originally a, a Republican idea based yeah, off well, of Mitt Romney's. You know, I mean, it. You know, find the find the problem and try to solve it as opposed to uh, just uh, badmouthing the other guy for wanting to try to solve a problem their way.
1: The Affordable Care Act was the Heritage Foundation's response to Hillary Care. Yeah, um, that's what it was. So, uh, and I say this in St. Louis quite a bit, and it gets me into trouble down here. Um, You know, two parties can't agree on anything. But the one thing that both the far right and the far left agree on here in St. Louis is that we should stop giving tax incentives to build Walmarts or Costcos or Home Depots that gives incentives to these big corporations that don't need it, that put mom and pop shops out of business. That's the only thing that both sides agree on down here in St. Louis and in Missouri. And what's the one thing they can't stop in the last 20 years? Giving tax incentives to big corporations to build in floodplains.
0: What they say and what they do are not necessarily the same thing.
1: And we're screaming about critical race theory. Meanwhile, they're picking our pocket all the way down the street.
0: Critical race theory is a political tool that is used by political tools gentlemen that's Tom Becker. there's my CRT slogan of the day uh, you mentioned the Pay Paradise and put up a parking lot kind of a side note here uh, I know that was uh, that was uh, Judy Collins but did you see the Joni Mitchell Brandy Carlisle videos going around right now have you I, seen those?
1: I did not see those.
0: okay so Joni Mitchell is like 78 years old now right I mean she uh, she wrote to both sides now. The Circle Game, numerous other songs. from She was, you know, a folk singer in the 60s. And her stuff uh, was beautiful back then. But now she's 78. She's had some real serious health problems. And Brandy Carlisle brought her on stage at the Newport Folk Festival. And this woman sang. And it was weak and timid. And Brandy actually had to sort of help her along the way a few times. But she sang like both sides now. And the meaning of that song when you hear it, you know, when you're in your 20s, the 20-year-old, the uh, you know, uh, Joni Mitchell that was singing it, uh, much different than the 78-year-old Joni Mitchell that is singing it. And the meaning and the poignancy of it, it was just, check it out. If you haven't seen it online, check it out. It is heartwarming as hell. It's uh, Well,
1: that's the song from Coda, isn't it?
0: Um,
1: that's the song from Coda. She sings at the end.
0: It may be every the song that she sings. Yeah. yeah,
1: she sings both sides now. That's the Joni Mitchell song that she yeah. sings to, to get into the, to the, to the music school. Um, have, you, have you seen Coda?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Loved it. Have you, have you cried at Coda? I'm too much of a man to admit that. If you didn't, if you didn't cry in oh, Coda, no, I don't no, want to no, know man. you. you
0: man. It's it one of those things where like you don't even, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Your eyes just start watering. Oh, my
1: God. You start bawling like start a baby. Watering. No, no. No, no, but no. That's, the, that's the Joni Mitchell song.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, no, Coda, Coda was truly uh, an incredible movie. An incredible movie. Uh, really I, I love that movie. And so that's, one a, of, that's one of those movies that, you know, you get word of mouth. You know, your friends tell you, man, you got to see Coda. Yeah. And uh, I finally sat down and watched it. It was like, oh, holy crap. This is incredible.
1: It was a great movie. So um, there's a little uh, interesting story going on down here. Uh, in uh, St. Louis, and it, it involves some of your Kansas City Royals. I'm surprised you didn't, um, you didn't pick this up at all.
0: Did well, Kansas City Royals are my second team. My first team are the Cleveland Guardians.
1: Oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, did you see a couple of weeks ago, Kansas City Royals were playing in uh, Toronto? Oh, sure, yeah. And 10 players couldn't play in the, in the game because they weren't um, vaccinated for COVID?
0: Yeah, I think I talked about that while you were on vacation.
1: Oh, okay. And now the Cardinals are going up and playing in Toronto and two of the best players, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato, aren't playing because they're not getting vaccinated. So when they ask the Kansas City Royal guy, what happens if you get into the World Series? Will you get vaccinated? He goes, yeah, I'll probably th- rethink my decision then.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. And he got a lot of trouble for that because it was uh, uh, construed for him to be uh, saying that, you know, he wanted to maybe get traded or play for a contender, you know, so the fans not all, I mean, they had some uh, real um, uh, public relations uh, damage control they had to do on that one. Um,
1: I am so worried about this vaccine. I'm not going to take it unless I get into the World Series and then I'll rethink my decision. But I love and I kind of feel bad for these baseball players because they're baseball players they're not social commentators they're not looking to be in the middle of this nightmare that you and i choose to be in every day um but with with that being said the one guy paul goldschmidt says you know i've talked to a lot of doctors and i've done my own research Mm, no you haven't (laughs) You, you, you haven't you haven't done your own you haven't put your lab coat on and split the atom and gone to medical school to figure out that the vaccine is safe and effective, right? You, you're, you're, somebody, somebody was angry with me because I said on the radio that Emerson got her first COVID-19 vaccine shot and they were decrying what a terrible father I was. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't take my medical advice from Jenny McCarthy. I take it from her pediatrician and people like freaked out over it.
0: Oh, uh, no, I, I love that. I did my own research. No, you didn't. You found a few articles that agreed with what your preconceived notion was. Yes. That's what you did. You didn't do your own research. You, you found an article on some website that uh, coincided with your preconceived notion. And now you feel like you've been vindicated. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. I've done my research. No, you haven't. Don't insult me. Just say, just say it's a personal decision. I don't want to take the vaccine. So I'm going to sit out two games. Don't tell me. Now, here's the other thing that I find so bizarre about all of this. I don't know why the Trump crowd is so anti-vaccine and the anti-Trump crowd is so pro-vaccine because Trump's administration was the one who developed the vaccine, right? He was the one who fast-tracked it. It became viable while he was in the administration. He has taken the vaccine and has got up on stage and said, take the vaccine. And somehow his followers are saying, no, 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 don't take the vaccine.
0: Okay, well, first of all, let me, let me clear up a few things that you just said here, okay? Uh, and I think this is where a problem the media has, all right? Yeah, you're right. Trump did t- tell the, you know, the, uh, the FDA and all that, let's, uh, let's get this uh, taken care of, let's, let's fix this. But they were working on the mRNA-type vaccine. They were working on those vaccines for years. That's true. Not- this was not just done. People say, "I'm not going to take the vaccine. It's experimental." It just no, it's not. They've been working on this for years and years and years, and then they go through all these different tests, all these different peer-reviewed uh, reports before they put it out of the marketplace. And and you know, so you're right. Trump should get credit, some credit for uh, you know getting the vaccine out there. All but right? what was the what
1: was What was the fear the Democrats had was that Donald Trump. Was The the administration was going to approve it a week before the election, and he was going to be deemed the hero, and therefore that was going to tilt the election in his favor. That's what the Democrats were afraid of, that it was going to be an October surprise, and they were going to rush it to the markets to give Donald Trump more credit than he deserved.
0: And yet all the doctors and the medical medical professionals said, Yeah, no, we're not playing politics. We're getting the job done. We want to make sure that this is done at the right time. And I know, I know, I know. I know that. I know that.
1: But the point is, I'm saying people forget that the Republicans were like, "Let's get it out there. Let's get it out there." And then somewhere along the line, it became, you know, conservatives were against the vaccine, even though Trump was their guy who brought it to market.
0: Yeah, and and. And and when he went and told people that he got boosted, uh, he got booed.
1: I know. (laughs) I know. It's so weird. It's so weird that he he deserves credit for it. I know he wasn't in a lab coat splitting the atom, but he was the guy who, you know, cleared away all the red tape, was able to get it done. He might have done nothing, but he was sitting in the chair. He gets credit.
0: That is the second time you use the lab coat splitting the atom analogy. I'm sorry.
1: You know that's that's why I'm eating popcorn. To you're stuffing your out. face.
0: You're stuffing your face, repeating yourself. Eating popcorn. God love you. By the way, is, is popcorn is popcorn all that healthy for you? I mean, I don't think it's all that healthy for you. Is it like heavily salted? It heavily salted and buttered.
1: Well, yeah, that's the healthy part—the salt and the butter. That's the healthy part.
0: to uh, do this podcast on my own. You're going to just collapse. You're going to like. Cure. Tom, Tom. One.
1: I, am, I am a corn husker. I know about popcorn.
0: Okay. Oh, hey. Um, oh, okay, one more thing on vaccines real quick, and then we'll move on. Uh, the, uh, the Monkey Pots vaccine, you going to get it?
1: Well, I'm not sleeping with gay men, so do I really need it?
0: Well, it's not just the sleeping with the gay men thing. I mean, it's, you, can, you can get, I guess, if you just rub it up against somebody in an elevator for a long time or a crowded bus or something, but yeah.
1: Well, I don't really rub up against people in a credit elevator for a while.
0: Well, i said on a bus. You'd, you'd be on a... You know. okay, when was
1: the last bus? time you were on a bus?
0: Uh, College World Series. Oh, all
1: right.
0: Yeah. I I the last bus. bus. the bus on of the College World Series.
1: The last bus I was on, the wheels went round and round.
0: God. This is what happens when you're talking to a guy who's a, a 55-year-old man who has a two-year-old daughter.
1: <laughs> the windshield wipers went swish, swish, swish. I wasn't rubbing up against anybody, though. Um, no, I'm not going to get the monkey If You weren't rubbing me.
0: up against anybody. You wouldn't have a two-year-old daughter.
1: <laughs> that's what got you in trouble, wasn't it? Rubbing that's, up against somebody on a bus. <laughs>
0: that's what made you start looking at houses near good schools.
1: No, <laughs> so I did take. I did check the sex offender registry when I, when I bought the house.
0: Did you really? Yeah.
1: Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. I did. I, you know, say what you want. I checked it. And it was, you know, there's no one in the neighborhood, but I checked it. You
0: hey, know, you look bad, you know, you, yeah, you're a dad, you know,
1: That's- you, you, you just, those are things you, you think about, right? And I also thought about this. There's a little, it's like a cul de sac, um, street. And so she can ride her bike in the cul de sac where do where their cars don't come by. And I was like, okay, good, you know, somebody can't, you know, some random car just can't drive by and abduct her.
0: And, okay, not, not, not that. Uh, if you was a random car drive by and hit her or she's like playing in the street, that I would accept. The abduction thing, come on. I mean, you know, in a country of 300 million people, how many, how many kids really get abducted?
1: Hey, I'm just telling you what I was thinking. And then I was also thinking, when I was looking at the house, I was trying to figure out which was the best room for her to be in. So um, uh, she couldn't sneak out when she was 16. But, uh, you know bruno hautman couldn't 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 get a ladder and, and try and you know kidnap what
0: <laughs> one of the most one of the most significant things you've ever said to me one of the most honest things you've ever said to me is you should hear the things in my head i don't see <laughs> i don't see. <laughs> You're worried about Bruno from Animal House, or uh, it wasn't Bruno, it was a Bluto, right? No,
1: no, Bruno Bruno Hauptmann was the guy who stole the, the Lindbergh baby.
0: Oh God, there's a reference. Okay, uh, I was thinking you were doing talking Animal House Bluto when he got the the ladder up there to look in the girl's Oh room.
1: No, 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 no! I know Bruno Hauptmann, uh got the ladder and and stole the Lindbergh baby.
0: My God,
1: what an obscure reference. Well, you think about these things when you have a two year old.
0: Who the hell are you, Dennis Miller?
1: that's my Dennis Miller impression I don't know if you got that
0: Uh, well yeah very uh you know I didn't get that I didn't get that but you know what you really ought to do we humor me today
1: check myself into a mental institution
0: that would be part of it no no do your Ethel Merman impersonation
1: oh no go on oh go on no (laughs) I mean I only pull that out when I'm really drunk I mean, everybody knows Ethel Merman. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, everybody who's eighty and older.
1: I mean, who doesn't love Ethel? Mur- a good Ethel Merman reference.
0: Everything's coming up roses. That she sounded more like Katherine Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I'll speak about old uh, old stars here and old references. Um, Tony Dow may or may not be dead by the time you listen to this. Um, did you hear about this? Yeah. who's he? Tony was Dow he was a- Wally on Leave it to Beaver.
1: Oh, he was, wa- oh, he was the brother? Oh, uh, no, he, he was, was the Beaver. Yeah, he was, he
0: was the older brother. Yeah, he was the oh, older yeah, brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, um, and, and it came out that the, the, the report said that, that he had passed away. But then they took that report down because he's actually just still in hospice, oh. as, of, as of this recording, that um, – That, uh, yeah, his wife was like very distraught, so she posted on Facebook that he had died. Then word spreads all over that Tony Dow had died, but it turns out, no, he's still in hospice.
1: Was that the one who was a porn star? No. Wasn't somebody from Leave it to Beaver turned out to be a porn star?
0: No, I just think you're going off of the name. (laughs) I think Leave it to Beaver... no no
1: no 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 no. i wasn't who who was the neighbor kid was it eddie haskell was that the neighbor eddie haskell was a cop eddie haskell was a cop
0: yeah eddie haskell Haskell turned out to be a cop afterwards yeah
1: oh i I thought eddie haskell grew up to be a porn star
0: uh
1: no was he was he in the group ymca was he the cop in
0: ymca no he was not the cop in ymca he was a Los Angeles police officer. I think you the porn star. The porn star. Was, now the, the, there was that that one kid from the movie A Christmas Story. He turned into a porn star.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, what's his face? I forget his name, but anyway. Um,
1: um you know who else died? Um, or, um, Paul Servino died. Yeah. From uh, he was in Goodfellas. He was in Law and Order um what else was he in he was the manager in uh one of those baseball movies too
0: he was one of those guys that for like for about five ten years you couldn't go to a movie without seeing him in it you know Uh, great character actor great great character actor yeah 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 Yeah. and father to uh mirror sorvino mirror sorvino yeah very good very good okay so enough of that hollywood stuff we're out of man we weren't long again today we're out of time. Did we cover anything? Of a, I guess we had some stuff in there, didn't no, we? No, not
1: not really. We didn't. Really, we never really cover anything.
0: Uh, do you have anything? Any parting words that you want to give?
1: Uh, I do have a story that probably should be getting more attention, and that is: Did you see? Uh, it was late last week, I guess, that the Republicans uh, voted down, or uh, uh, the forty-seven. We talked about this on the show, right? Forty-seven Republicans voted. With the Democrats to embrace gay marriage and make it legal, right? Right, yes. Of the 156 Republican House members who voted against legalizing same-sex marriage, one of them was a Republican, Representative Glenn Thompson of Pennsylvania. Yep. Apparently, he voted against legalizing same-sex marriage and then left the Capitol to go home to his son's same-sex marriage celebration,
0: and puts out the news that he is, you know, uh, loving the, the the marriage. He is uh, welcoming to his new son-in-law, and uh, and uh, you know, so it wasn't like it wasn't like he was begrudgingly went because his wife forced him to go. You know, right. it, yeah, it, he, it was,
1: it he was gave like, a toast. Gave yeah, a toast. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> this is the problem with partisan politics. Okay. This is the problem with partisan politics in that you, you, you go and it's, oh, I, I have to vote this way because I don't want to alienate the base. Right. You, you, got, you got people that just vote on emotion and not on their brains, you know? And it it, it frustrates me. So you're right. That story should get all the publicity that it can get. Because it's just, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, and same thing with like Dick Cheney. Uh, here in Nebraska, Pete Ricketts, uh, sister is gay, you know, he went to the wedding, but yet, of course, you know, can't be supporting gay marriage and stuff. I, the whole thing just, I don't get
1: it. I, a, I just don't get just it. It's such a clown show. And the people that, you know, the people who legitimately are against gay marriage, they lap this up, right? Don't they realize they're being lied to and they're being sold a bill of
0: goods by these people?
1: But whatever. No,
0: anyway, uh, we're out of time. We're out of time. Well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll continue this conversation. Uh, next week Over we're yet. out of
1: time thank you for your time until next time
0: uh subscribe like spread the word every thursday a brand new beck Millhaven just just saying podcast
1: spread it's- the word like monkey pox rub up against people on a bus and tell them about the podcast
0: oh <laughs> uh, i do not want to hear the things in your head you don't say oh, say oh good- you
1: have no idea
0: <laughs> say good night mcgraw
1: say good night mcgraw Pura Media Production.